Fan podcast. It's your host, David Palermo, aka Numb Bills fan on Twitter. Who? Co host host. Yeah, that's me. That's uh, Adam D. Numb Bills, Adam D on Twitter. Ah, we are here for the 24th of May. Yeah, we're 2016, com- baby. We're coming at you. com. That's where we live. Buffalo uh, Bills uh, OTAs just happened here. And organized team activities for pretty, those who aren't savvy with the the acronyms and if you don't know what that is is uh they're very limited in what they can it's do that they, they they practice having practice right and i mean my opinion on otas is i understand that the players did not you know last collective bargaining agreement yeah, I mean, the differences between the two is they had man- a lot more mandatory mini camps before, and more mandatory yeah, they, time. They go out, they run, they throw the pigskin around. They. I kind of wish they had more for the players' sake themselves because I feel now, even though every rep before it was under a microscope, it's even more under a microscope now, and there's going to be less opportunity. And frankly, there's been sloppier football. If you think about it. It's it's talked mm. about all the time. Mm. But what's the one thing that always gets the Buffalo Bills? What was our last podcast about? Injuries. So you gotta weigh you gotta weigh the pros and the cons of like wh- what you do do and don't do, especially this far out from any real competition. I think they got the right idea ramping it up. You know, it's just weird that. Especially for the first year, guys, too. We've been through three. This is our third coaching staff since the last CBA. And it, it's, I don't know how to say it. I, I, the, this town, the, this this fan base of Bill's Mafia, half of them are positive, half of them aren't. We always talk about the negative ones. and But it's like, you know, or maybe we just notice it, but it's like everybody's getting fired constantly. And everybody has to learn a new system. Right. And the Bills have gotten lucky the last couple of years before with Mar- with Marone, drink. Um, with Marone, they had two defensive coordinators each year, and it was very successful. Two different schemes, and then Rex Ryan comes in, and obviously we know what happened. And it was extremely disappointing. Extremely disappointing. But I wish that they had more time to learn what the hell they got to do. That's it. It would it would be beneficial, but again, you know, they bar they bargained for it and they did whatever they had to do. I'm sure my boss would love me to work some overtime too, but but obviously it co- ain't happening. Obviously, coaches would take advantage of you. You know, right? Oh, I expect you to be here, and, and even people are reporting who's there and who who isn't, and. With these OTAs, you don't know, you know, example, attendance is taken. Marcel Darius wasn't there. 
We're wondering okay. about Kyle Williams. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was there, but he didn't do anything. Just I mean, hanging out with the trainers. You know, uh, Stefan Gilmore, he's he's not reporting with, you know, due to the contract negotiations. No, anymore. not necessarily. No. It was also that's, he's that's injured. What, that well, He okay. had a surgery or something. Okay, but, but you know, they're saying also with the – the ongoing contract extension. I also think it's an easy it, it could and couldn't be and at the same time either way if he is injured we'll buy the story okay he's just injured and or he had surgery he's just recovering it is what it is you know I, I don't I don't think it matters he knows what he has to do yeah I mean you know Sammy was there hopping around on some crutches from what I understand yeah, I like that. I like that. You know, even at least he's there. I like that he's there, even though he can't participate. That shows me that he's uh, preparing himself mentally. And what more can you ask from the guy than that? You know, hold the clipboard, whatever. Right, right. Um, you know, another note that stuck out to me when I was was looking looking through uh, you know. Credit where credits due, you know. Sal Capaccio from uh, WGR, he's got he's got some nice notes up on their website. Uh, he noted that Charles Clay and Marcus Easley were were there working with the trainers, but not on the field. Um, now Marcus Easley, we know, was coming back from that uh, broken. He broke what his kneecap, right? Right. <sighs> that sounds so uh, he, unpleasant. He, he that sounds like the most aggressive like offensive like awful injury ever i couldn't that, even imagine that uh, uh if i scrape my knee i'm crying about it um, right uh, yeah it, it's it's pretty it, it, it's pretty crazy marcus easily's injury and it's cool to see that he's actually having around and doing things that's crazy now uh one name that popped up that that is Looking, looking good so far, um, and it got mentioned. It got mentioned in a couple of different spots. Is uh, Robert Blanton, the safety that we brought in from Minnesota? There. Yeah, Sale noted he was very vocal at practice and making adjustments. It sounds like his nose has been in the playbook nonstop. What's that mean for? I guess he was on the field court with. Uh, he it was. Corey Graham and Aaron Williams as first team. Right. So it kind of makes you wonder if he's making, you know, there's people who want Corey Graham out at safety. And I'm not one of them. I, 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 like, I like the way he plays the position. You know, we've talked about it before. Maybe he sees too he, much. He's adjusting. Whatever. He's but, adjusting. Yeah. I think you got to give him a break on that. You got to give him a shot. But I'll tell you what: if he's mentally there, over, or, or I should say, you know, if Blanton is mentally there over Corey Graham, guess what? He's. Oh yeah. I think he's supplanted, and I that's just, why they brought him in. I like I like Corey Graham because he's aggressive towards towards the play. That's that's why I like him at, at safety. I think Corey Graham is a very. Good piece to have. You look, go, at, look at look at what we did with Leotis McCovin last year. We had him as even if Corey Graham gets knocked out at safety and it becomes bland, yeah, Corey Graham is also a reserve cornerback, you know? And he's solid. 
So right. for and another versatile piece. I mean, for me, for me with with Corey Graham, the thing that I can't ignore is uh, when I was watching the games last season, you know, and this is one of those things that's easier to pick up watching it on on television over being at the game, you know. And we've talked about, you know, you're at the game usually. I mean, not that I don't go to games, but you know, you're you got season tickets. I go a couple times a year. Watching this on TV, um, I noticed that when when plays would get to the second level, and Cor- even if Corey Graham didn't necessarily make the tackle, he was in the area like every time. He was always at the play, and I just love how he he aggressively like pursues that ball. He seems to have a knack for for where the play is going to be. He he seems to have a good instinct. At the same time. Tape doesn't lie, and there was a lot of times touchdowns were thrown on him, and he was unfortunately the victim, but we've gone over this a million times with Corey Graham, but I, I will say another note coming up is the Bills' sixth-round pick, Seymour, is starting and plays to Gilmore out there with Ronald Darby, and he's impressing. Already yeah. is showing flashes of being great, and you Rex and was, I have talked Rex about it. Rex was saying he was eleva- his skill level was elevating quickly, much like Darby. You know, he, not to right. not to say he's playing at the same caliber, but just learning quickly, progressing quickly and noticeably in a very short time span, and that's that's promising. Especially as late as we picked picked that guy up, if he can be a contributor with with a late pick like that. Pff- and we talked about it already. Last week, that was something yeah, you and I were like, hey, check this out. Remember that cornerback who had the eye surgery thing? Yeah, that's this guy. And, you know, we we heard his, we, we looked into him, and we're like, this could be the sleeper pick of the Bills draft. We both agreed on it. And it could also be a media, it could also be a Buffalo Bills leverage thing. Too to say that he impressed. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think, I think our uh, our running back Williams we picked up there. I think that might be the sleeper pick too, though. I think that I think that dude might light it up. But hey, whatever values value, and I think we got some. So, um, I think it's nice to see these guys progressing. They say, uh, they say my boy IK Adam Polly was out there uh, getting, getting some a good reps amount there. of reps, yeah. right? Yeah, putting in putting in that work. You gotta wonder what's going to happen at that spot. Can Manny lo- is Manny lost in the next man up? Because look at you the way ass- here, here. You would assume so, but I mean, you can't assume anything. Did we? I don't know if we talked about this last time, but here's how I look at that situation with the Lawson and Manny Lawson. The situation. Lawson and Lawson. Law firm situation. So, I look at it like this. If they say, what, what, Bruce Smith had like six and a half sacks his rookie year or something? I don't know. Okay. You should have told there, me to look that up. Yeah, I should have looked it up myself. But we went over how a lot of times the rookie year for defensive ends, outside linebackers, however you want to frame that left or right side that rushes the passer, they might not have that many sacks. Now, Mario Williams fleeced the Bills. We all know that. $19 million just absolutely robbed the Bills on his effort. And it was very disappointing because he was, I would bet you, the next yeah, best yeah, no, pass he was rusher the... since Bruce Smith that the Bills have had. Look at how how many sacks he got in three years on the Bills. 
And then you kind of look now and you're like, okay, can Manny Lawson get four to five sacks a year if that's all that Shaq Lawson could possibly get his rookie year? Now, I don't want to discount Shaq Lawson, but can he put up that similar production where if you break down the season into quarters, if Shaq Lawson is out for four games, that means Manny Lawson would need to get one sack, and it would be comparable enough to having Shaq Lawson in there. At the same time, obviously, Lawson and Lawson together would be better than not. I mean, for me, sacks aren't the be-all, end-all of it. But, yeah, no. I mean, if you could get, you know, a sack, two sacks. And that's what I'm saying. Manny Lawson can. We've seen two, him do it. Two, three tackles for a loss. Dozen tackles otherwise. Okay, fine. That's all right, let's go. You know? It should be very interesting. We haven't heard anything about Stryker and the OTAs, really. Have yeah, you we'll seen see. anything? I No, I, I haven't been online in like a week, though. Sorry, Twitter. I know I always tell you to follow me. I've been quiet this week. I don't even know where that is. I don't know where my week went. <laughs> well, I um, guess uh, first team defense also was the Dolphins Washington, the defensive tackle. Good. Picked up in the draft in the third round. Obviously, with Kyle Williams, Darius not out there. I mean, no other choice. <laughs> Corbin Bryant. <laughs> Corbin Bryant and Jarrell Worthy. Um, I guess Preston Brown and Reggie Raglan were on the field at the same time, as expected. I, I kind of thought... I kind of feel... I, I'm not sure about the linebacker position at this point. Because I feel what like... What are you sure about? Because I feel, I feel that the other Brown that they picked up for free agency... Zach Brown. Zach Brown would... Could supplant, say, Preston Brown. Because they talk about how fast Zach Brown is. And um, it's a very interesting... It, I, I, I feel I, like the Bills like like Preston Brown, though. Um... And I think they're. I I really think they're just trying to push the kid. I don't think they're. I don't think they want him out. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think he's not gonna start this year. Um, I just think they want him to have good competition, and also like solid depth. You know. Right. Yeah. I mean, I kind of always think this when you have that many players at one position. Now, I'm not saying that. I'm. I'm not a football expert here. I just have an opinion. But I kind of look at Preston Brown and Reggie Raglan as almost similar positions, even though they're not. One is weak and one is strong. Like, But it's kind of curious with, with, with Rex Ryan. I don't know what we're going to get. So it's kind of like even if you do know traditional football, all your X's and O's down to right. a point, I mean, it's like yeah. he's, he might use things – He's going to go against the rain, which is why I find him interesting. No, I mean, and we've, 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 seen, we've seen it a million times. He has everybody kind of playing a hybrid role, you know, dropping defensive ends into coverage, blitzing with defensive backs all the time. I mean, he loves that. Um, you know, we saw, you know, we love talking about this. We bring this up like, once a month, but you know, we saw Jerry Hughes going stride for stride down the sideline with, with Gronkowski last year, just like mm-hmm. staying in coverage. Like, so you never know, you never know who's coming and going with that defense. So, you know, like, wasn't to me, like, 
safeties safeties are like small linebackers in this defense. Well, that's what know? I'm saying. If the Blanton kid makes linebackers are like big safeties. If the Blanton kid makes a good impression, we've talked about having three safeties out there at the same time. And if you go big dime, wouldn't you want? Say even inside of a cornerback in there, a guy like Corey Graham as your yeah. third option, worst right. case scenario. That's more, you know, if you're looking at your little Madden playbook here, he's in the Which linebacker spot. So it's very, it's very, it's like there's no rules to it, which is interesting because pretty much other notes was before we get into the next topic, which has to do with the practice, which is very interesting. Uh, so Glenn Gronkowski, uh, hey, he's, yeah, he's getting some there. reps at tight end, age back. Hey, good for him. Right. And I guess Nick O'Leary was out there as well. But Jarrett Boykin had a good day, supposedly, according to Sal Capaccio, who I would trust. You know you know, I've been crossing my fingers about that. I want, I want that college mojo thing to be like a thing. But like you said, it seems like Tyrod Taylor is kind of downplaying, linking up with him, you know, a little bit. So... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But if he had several looks and was impressive, you know, Sale says, quote, unquote, Jared Boykin had a good day at wide receiver. Tyrod Taylor looked to him several times, and he made good grabs, either snatching the ball with his hands in tough spots or in traffic. The reason I quote Sale directly, follow him at Sale Sports on Twitter, is because he's just, I, I, I trust him. He's on point. He's always on point. He's very brief. He gets down to it. So if he notices that connection right off the bat, that says a lot to me. He's not wrong. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of cool seeing that. And then I guess Des Lewis got some looks too. So it's nice to see what's going on behind Robert Woods. And we've talked about it many times. We don't – we're not really sure. Do they look at it, Anquan Bolden? He already knows Greg Roman's system. Uh, yeah, and that that press conference earlier, that or the interview earlier, they asked him about that. Or what was that? What was that Howard Doug Simon Way, this morning? Doug Lee was on Howard Simon. That's that. Okay, yeah, yeah, it was on Howard Simon this morning. Um, yeah, they asked him if if he if he had reached out to Anquan Bolden, and he was kind of like, not yet. Uh, um, uh, you know what I mean? So he kind of like said, not yet, and then like, right, kind of like had a delay before he even, like, said the next thing. So it almost sounds like that was, like, maybe something they were thinking about. He he seemed like – it It seemed like it caught him off guard. So I don't want to read too much into something that might be nothing, but – He also com- – Doug Whaley also commented on uh, Shaq Lawson's injury, and pretty much he, he said, hey, around the, the time of Bruce Smith, you know, we're doing the Bruce Smith jersey retirement, we, we announced it, he said – you know, we told him, "Hey, look at the we're we're looking at the the big picture here." The only thing, the only thing that has me scratching my head with the Anquan Bolden thing is like, I, I, realistically, I don't know if I I could see it happening, because uh, one thing that stands out to me about Doug Whaley as a GM is he really he really does well like keeping the team younger rather than bringing a bunch of veteran guys. You know what I mean? We say it all the time. Doug Whaley does not sit on his hands. No. But he's always looking to develop the depth in the background. And I, and I feel like he gives these guys, see Duke Williams, a lot of a leash. Yeah. A lot of a leash. 
But Doug Weeley's been taking a lot of heat today. He he had a quote as well on the Howard Simon show saying, uh, you know, I personally don't think humans are supposed to play football. Obviously, people took that and ran with it. Right. And I, that's, as always. He's not wrong. The human body wasn't meant to, like, have another human body or 11 running straight at it full speed. Just, like, basically trying to drive it through the ground, you know? We talk about it all the time. I mean, your brain, when I think of a human brain, I think of almost like when you put something like a, like a, sounds so ridiculous, but it's like a ball within a ball with fluid. So when you carry that momentum, either way, your brain is still even though your your helmet stops the impact, your brain is still traveling and hits in the side of your head, into your skull. You know what I mean? It's very simple. How do you stop that? You have to change a technique of tackling. There needs to be a rule called, you know, you want to end this personal foul crap? We know when guys are being assholes. Just take a look at the situation, and we know when they're not. You know? You can, I think that's how the judgment should be. At least that's how it looks on TV. <laughs> you know, it looks like, all right, well, there's that guy. There's the Dante Whitner head to head, helmet to helmet, you know. And when you're using your body as a missile, shit's going to happen. Yeah. And Doug Wee acknowledges that. So, right. I don't think he meant like he had some moral objection to it just the it's more punishment than the body was designed to take really you know right so you know thanks for playing guys like we really like watching it 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 makes you wonder why people are just running with it but it is what it is i don't mean to be bill's homers here but it's a business man but it makes you kind of wonder that with all this going on, the Bills also have a new media policy. Um, yeah. And uh, Tyler Dunn from the Buffalo News, at Ty Dunn on Twitter, he, he broke everything down. He has screenshots of some of the policy. And essentially what it tells you is any formations, any, you know, don't even label first, second, third team. Don't, nothing leaking even interceptions, et cetera, et cetera. The Bills are catching a lot of heat. So the negative side of it for the Bills right now, what is it? Everybody on Twitter, you type in Buffalo Bills on Twitter, and then there's the next line down after Buffalo Bills in your search bar is media policy. It's a big story. Everybody's taking dumps. Manish Mena from New York. I mean, you name it. Everybody's just taking the shit on it. So, of course, they have to go against the grain and not shit on it and say, Bills fans, you ruined it. 
Everybody <laughs> wants everybody fired and all this garbage. You can't just let a team get built. Oh, man. I mean, I mean, not not all Bills fans are like that, but there's so many that are just so negative. Oh, McCoy's, McCoy's a, a bum. Cut him. He got into a bar fight. You know, what? Oh, Shaq Lawson hurt his shoulder. Fire Doug Whaley. What? I mean, these are these are the Bills fans that they'll go out and they'll win the season opener. And these are the Bills fans that are like, well, we could be 2-0. <laughs> you know, yeah. It, 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 we go over every podcast, I feel like. Who knows? Maybe it's only 30% of the fan base, but... I am so sick of hearing it. it. It's as far as the media is concerned, I feel bad for them because now you're making it harder for them to do their job and make money. So I get the bills where you're coming from. Rex Ryan blamed it, pretty much shot the PR department right under the bus, saying, "Hey, uh, they didn't come for me." So uh, you know, talk to Scott Birchhold. Okay. If they think it's going to give them a competitive advantage, whatever. I guess I'll have to wait till preseason to see what's going on. Well, some people on Twitter are bringing up the point, well, you know, there's guys who come from the Belichick school, and then they're fired. You know, they don't last, not under Belichick. At the same time, I really think it's the Buffalo Bills trying to save themselves a lot of pressure. Are you telling me that 16 and 0 is not tattooed on everybody's head in that building? That's all that anybody talks about is 0 and 16. I should say 16 and 0. I'm such a dunce. Why am I talking? <sighs> they, ask, 0 and 16, they ask me that every week. 0 and 16 is tattooed on these guys' forehead. And they see it. That's all they they might as well wear shirts, paint the walls. Owen sixteen, no playoffs in sixteen years, can't make it seventeen. If you're Russ Brandon, and you're coming on the radio a couple years ago and defending Doug Marone drink, if you don't know our Doug Marone drinking game, take a shot or a shotgun a beer, whatever you do, drink a Pepsi every time you mention Doug Marone. This is awful. Radio. Good thing it's not on the radio. Tune out. Just no, don't do that. But if you're Russ Brandon, you're you're looking at the scene like, okay, I have been here for a lot of controversies over the years, and Doug Marone went absolutely ape shit to the media. Just he hated here so much. There was a rumor about his wife flipping out on somebody. Uh, just, oh yeah, I mean, but you know. Yeah. So if you're Ross Brandon, you gotta put out these fires between the media. The and, thing I think and, you're forgetting about Doug Marone is fuck him. He sucks. <laughs> I love when I see him as hot candidate. It's like, how are you doing? Blake Bortles got sacked a lot. You're an offensive line coach. What the hell makes you think that he's a hot candidate? Listen, ESPN, stop bullshitting me. I'm not that. Dumb. I'm pretty dumb, but I know how to turn the board on and run this 
garage band thing. Actually, no, we're using uh, Logic. I mean, <laughs> we're using a uh, tape recorder. High quality, though. Task a talk app. boy. Task app. No, it's a talk boy. You gotta if you're if you're if you're Russ Brandon, I feel bad for you because I don't. He makes way more. Yeah, money he than does. Me. But he comes on WGR and he essentially told the guys, "Hey, will you stop?" Busting this guy's chops over everything. I could, could you ever not talk about somebody's job or? And I and honestly, it kills me when I see softballs being lobbed out there. To and and it's good for radio. It's good for for paper. It's good for advertising. It is. You know, you want to you want to talk about something. Talk about the quarterback. It's easy. We like to get into other things as as clearly as we're talking, but. I just feel with the Bills PR, I think they want to keep a lot of things in-house to take pressure off. I think that's their angle. 0-16, has, that's all you hear about. Oh, no playoffs in 16 years. And no playoffs. Where's the accountability? Every time the Bills don't make a move or something goes wrong, you know, you got to take these kind of risks if you haven't made the playoffs. What do you want them to do? Not trade... Kiko Alonso for a Pro Bowl Yo, running back. Like, right. Bud Carpenter's, like, the only dude who hasn't lost his job there. <laughs> He's the only guy who survived. I don't know. There might be, like, a guy that, like, mows the lawn or something. Still hanging Yeah, around. Bud Carpenter's a trainer. Does a nice job. They actually won the... Uh, the award a couple years ago for having, like, the healthiest team or something like that. I don't know. I, I, then karma bit them in the ass last year. Yeah, I was going to say, they probably had to hire a couple a couple helpers last year. Do you blame the Bills on this or no? How do you look at it? On what? Having this new media policy. Technically, we're media, we're journalists, so. I mean, they got to do what they got to do, but... I think it I think, stops I, negativity. I think in this day and age, I think in this day and age, where information travels so quickly and there's so much backlash on on things like Twitter and Facebook, no matter how much you try to zone that out, it's gonna it's gonna bleed through for for these for these people who are members of this Bills team, as much as they try to ignore what the media is saying and what the what the fans are tweeting back on Twitter, some of it is always going to get back to you. Because I know I try to ignore it sometimes. I still know everybody's, you know, shitty take on every little thing that goes on, you know. Um, especially yours, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Whoa. Hey. Don't use the Lord's name in vain like that. How dare you? Please. Um... But yeah, like you said, the Bills fans ruin this. Everything has to be so negative all the time. Fire this guy, fire that guy. They have to they have to do something to like you said, relieve the pressure on the players, on the coaching staff, on the front office. I mean, everybody's getting it. You know, oh, the Bills should be embarrassed using that first round pick on Shaq Lawson if he's not going to play week 1. What? Like these guys just need to 
report the news and stop stop some speculation. At the same time, I was thinking about it. We're we're pretty no big deal about all this all the time, and I guess that is why we started this podcast. Was I don't want the papers not to have something to write about, but I not mean, for nothing. Jerry need... Sullivan is a little ridiculous, and I respect all these guys. Do you, you know, need to know I'll, that I'll the night on them, but I respect them. But sometimes it's like, really, it, it you know like really that's what you're going for. I mean, do you really need to know that the ninth wide receiver on the depth chart drops some passes though? No. I mean, whatever. Well, I want to know how they look. And I feel, you know, if there was one thing I didn't like a few years ago was when E.J. Manuel was a rookie. And I was one of the people who did not want E.J. Manuel to be a starter. I wanted this to be done right. Sit behind Kevin Cobb. Why the hell they didn't just pay Fitzpatrick? I don't really know because he would have been the one guy who understood what the hell you had to do. I did not know why they didn't want him anymore because clearly he's been fine. He just set the New York Jets touchdown record for the franchise at 31 touchdowns. Yes, the Bills tried to have him renegotiate his contract. But not for nothing, I would take Ryan Fitzpatrick over Kevin Cobb any day of the week. Can you say one word? Even before Kevin Cobb got to the Bills. Durability. Yeah. Can you say another word? Experience. A lot more experience than Kevin Cobb. But no, they got Kevin Cobb. He gets hurt. And even before he got hurt, in the beginning stages of training camp, people were counting up the reps that... They each had uh, E.J. Manuel and Kevin Cobb. And I remember John Murphy specifically stating that E.J. Manuel completed more passes than Kevin Cobb. But then that's what gets written about. But then you have to really listen to the press conference from the coach at the time, which I'm not going to mention his name, Doug Marone, Drank. They were throwing everything in the kitchen sink at Kevin Cobb defensively. And it was the Mike Patton 3-4, which is very confusing, obviously, coming from Rex. You know, so at EJ Manuel, they were throwing softballs defensively at him. And it's almost like they, they wanted him to become the starter. And, and I don't know. I, I feel like the media has a reason for that too and and I told you I went to those camps I swear to, I swear to you Jeff Tool threw a better ball than EJ Manuel might not have had the arm strength that EJ Manuel has but I, stop. I I'm not even kidding stop I'm right not now, dude Dave, I'm not kidding stop I'm not kidding Jeff Tool had better touch on the ball I was there with Dave Larson ask him he had better he was completing better throws that said, it was against, you know, third team, whatever, whatever, whatever. Call Dave Larson. No. Call him. He won't answer. <laughs> he won't answer. Fine. If I FaceTime him, usually has good luck FaceTiming, which is weird. That means he wants to see me. 
nobody wants to see you. This is true. Check out our YouTube channel. Don't check out our... Okay, check out our YouTube channel. But as far as the media is concerned, I feel bad that they're going to be limited. At the same time, I really don't give a shit. Who cares? Are the Bill? Is it going to help the Bills win? Is it going to put a more positive vibe to put up some walls in the building not being under a microscope? They wanted them to be on hard knocks. Come on. The Bills didn't want to be on hard knocks. No, but I'm saying they wanted... They wa- I wanted the Bills on hard knocks. Why not? Now, now they can't even talk about OTAs. But they were going to be on hard knocks? What? No. Right. And it's all a guessing game where it came from. Who cares? I can wait. I can wait till camp. Well, there's been some rumblings about Stefan Gilmore and his contract. Supposedly, he wants to make allegedly, supposedly, fourteen million dollars a year. Positive is that makes two of us. Right. And positive is he is signing, or signing. He's. I think it was a great, we talked about this before, a great sign from management to us that they did not draft a cornerback high this year says that they're comfortable with Stephon Gilmore staying. They'll get it. They'll get it done. We've talked about it before. The first shoe to drop was get Incognito under, get Cordy Glenn under, hammer out Stephon Gilmore, you know, then you could work on Tyrod. There's so much money coming up. And also keep in mind, if LaShawn McCoy, for example, has a down year or something, he's due some big money, you might be able to get that guy to restructure and extend, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. You might, there's guys like, you might look at Kyle Williams. He's due a good amount of money. You know, don't forget, yes, they cut Jairus Wynn, but they saved a million dollars on the cap, which is a good amount. Hey. Reggie Raglan just signed and sold to Adolphus Washington. So, Good for them. Nice to hear that. Yay. Anyways, who cares about that, really? But what do you think? I think Gilmore is solid. What's your opinion? What what do you think he should get a year? Where's your ballpark? Like, what do you compare Um, him to? He's a top ten, arguably top five corner. I mean... But Ronald Darby rated higher than him in Pro Football Focus. You yeah, know, which but I mean, he was also he was also targeted a little bit more if I if I'm not mistaken. So there's there's something to be said about that. I mean, you know, um, I get what you're saying. I think I think you know that 14 million ballpark is. That's about right. That's that's fair. I think I don't think any more than that really. Uh, I mean, he should take the hometown discount. You think or so? Not, no. No, I think that's bullshit. <laughs> I like him. I think him and Darby are great for the future. It's nice to hear that Seymour's impressing in the OTAs, but that's nice. That doesn't yeah, I mean, mean I, he's replacing Stefan Gilmore. That doesn't mean he's replacing Roby. It's not happening. I mean, give him fourteen million. If you want to franchise tag him next year, that's like sixteen. So give him give him fourteen. If he wants to play for fourteen, give him it. Whatever, get it done. Lock that up. 
those two are too good together to, to not get It's that pretty transparent back. what's going on. The, Doug Whaley has been, we say it all the time, very transparent. You got Darby on a rookie deal for a few more years. Like If he's talking about wanting a back and a player wants to be back and, and you have the marriage, that's what he says all the time. They got to want to be back. They're talking. He talks highly of players. Example, the first guy with new ownership was Jerry Hughes. Guess what? They signed Jerry Hughes. We had other bankers hitting us up, my friends included. Oh, how are they going to sign Darius? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Now, do I know everything? No. But yeah. one no, thing I don't care I about saying, is, is, Doug, is, is I trust Doug Whaley's decisions on it. What I, was, what I was getting at is basically if you got Darby on a rookie deal, you got, a, an, again, a, a, You're not a paying top that cornerback. For dirt cheap, you can you can take the the savings that you have having a young guy playing opposite, and put that into keeping Stefan Gilmore for another you know four or five years. What's up? Right, and I kind of brought up this theory before. Could there be a theory out there? I I, I could be wrong. I would love people um to. Hit me up about it if they know anything, but could they purposely stagger? You stagger. Example: You have Lashawn McCoy, okay. When Carlos Williams is due for a second contract, he will have a body of work, whether he's worth it or not, okay. So now Lashawn McCoy will be either cut from the team at that time comes, or he will be going to another contract. So. Or he'll be aging and have to stay with the team. You take a price. You get what I'm saying? So now you have Stefan Gilmore and Ronald Darby with the same gap just about. Right. So, and also you look at Jerry Hughes and Shaq Lawson. Same thing. Kyle Williams, Marcel Darius. Do you, do you follow me here? Yeah. Now, this could be something nuts. But at the same time, you also got Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods. Now, we're not going to put Robert Woods in that Watkins category. At the same time, we've talked before. Yeah, there, I think I think Tyrod that Taylor example mentioned Robert Woods looks. Exp- I didn't mean the, the the wave like nah, but it doesn't mean Robert Tyrod Taylor mentioned Robert Woods being explosive. But Robert Woods could play himself into a four to six million dollar a year contract back with the Bills as well, if he has a good year. And I would like him to prove that he needs to be that number two receiver. I would love that out of him. He's a good kid. Just got his degree. Talked about a last podcast a little bit. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that plays out, man. He's he's got a lot of good a lot of good traits on the field. Um, you know, you got Charles Clay too. That's that's a guy who I'm excited about seeing an, another season out of. Because I mean, he was. He was lighting it up, but kind of like low-key, you know? I hate that people are saying it's the worst contract ever. Do you understand what they did to the Dolphins? They made the Dolphins have to release a very good player. And, yes, they had to pay him good money. But guess what? There is one ball. And this is a running first team, okay? So why wouldn't they duplicate the Bills, duplicate what they did last year, what they're already strong at? You should A good coaching staff is going to build off of that. Now, did Rex Ryan build off that good defense or whatever he right. did? I mean, he failed. But I'm at hoping, least offensively, let's let's keep rolling this ball. I'm 
I I disagree to an extent here. Like because what I'm gonna say is number one rushing defense still missed the playoffs. Blah blah blah. No offense, offense. Sorry. No, Here but I'm saying yeah, yeah. Blah blah blah. You know, number one rushing offense. We missed the playoffs. Like I said, um, I hope that I hope they come out a little bit more balanced this year. Okay, here's how I look at it. You look at the Denver Broncos. Good run game. You look at the Seattle Seahawks. Two years in a row. Good, good run, run game. game. And not for nothing. This year with the Seahawks, Russell Wilson stepped this game up. But run, run, run. And everybody says it's a passing league, it's a passing league. And if it is a passing league, which it is, it, it, the, the players are getting smaller. So what's that good for? The run. You're not – what are the odds of having – even when you do have – take Peyton Manning and Tom Brady in their prime, which you could say Tom Brady is – in his prime, still. They're not winning championships by themselves. They're not. No. They're not. It's just not happening. Andrew Luck, surefire, surefire, can't go wrong. Best prospect since Peyton Manning. Mm. And what? You got a quarterback and a team who loses. It's You got to be balanced. And what I like about the Bills we're talking about a team where we can go front to back players that are recognized around the league. Five years ago, we couldn't do that. No. You're going to tell me you're going to sell me on Drayton Florence starting? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. He still stayed in the league. But you get what I'm saying? We're, we're psyched on McGee. Terrence McGee. Yeah. He's always hurt. Yeah. So what good are you? You know, it, Chris Kelsey, opposite of Mario Williams. Oh, come on. We were worried, oh, is Schobel going to play? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, now we can go. We were psyched in Jarrett's bird. What's he doing now? That said, I think with injuries and stuff, I, I am a Jarrett's bird fan. He is on my connected franchise team, by the way, which all I did, I'm playing with the guys for building the herd and a few other things. I'm not, excuse me, sure what everybody in this connected franchise I'm in and is all about, like what they're involved in. I know at least the guys for building the herd we're doing it with, but uh, it's kind of crazy because I just drafted, it's a dynasty league, I just drafted all secondary, but I got Jairus Bird and... He's pretty psyched. I know you're psyched to hear this right now. Cool. Yeah, who cares? But I look at it like you can go top to bottom on this depth chart and find some. Stop laughing at me. You're so mean to me. You could go top to bottom and find interesting players. Uh, no. What are you looking at me about? <laughs> this podcast is over. NumbillsFan.com. Check us out. I'm NumbillsFan on Twitter. David Palermo is my name, my real name. Yeah. This is not awkward. What's your name? I don't know you. <laughs> my name's Adam D. My name's I Quit. And I'm NumbillsAdamD on Twitter. And we will be back next week.
numbbillsfan.com. Bitches. <laughs>